Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Lynch. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty well, man. How are you doing? Eh, you know, sometimes you have good weeks and you have bad weeks, I guess, in life and... Uh, this week hasn't been necessarily a yeah. good week. I can't even point to anything in particular other than I do think that driving nights is starting to really wear on me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, especially like, uh, you know, having to switch up your schedule all the time, going from nights to days. Yeah. You know, like we're here at 9 o'clock in the morning in the studio. Yeah, which normally is like 1030, but it, it, uh, Fridays is normally like this, though, where Fridays... That's I mean, you, in all reality, I got more sleep on between Friday and now. Like when I got when I got done on Friday and now, I probably got more sleep than before. Right. Which you really try to do, but yeah, you know, if I really commit to the eight hours of sleep, that seems to be better too. But I can't say it doesn't drain on me though, because it totally fucking drains on me. Like I can't wait to get back to a normal schedule. Now you were saying that Uber is actually uh, cutting your your. Yeah, I'm not making as much as I was making. Before, yeah, that's for yeah. sure. And you don't know if that's a universal thing or. Like they're taking a bigger percentage now from drivers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what it is, but I can tell you that for for as much as I was working before, I'm not making as much as I was. And I, don't get me wrong; it's a common. There's a lot of different combinations of things. Like right. you know, like you know, sometimes you get the longer trip, sometimes you don't get those. And but I can tell specifically though that I. But per trip on some of these ones, I haven't been making as much as I was normally. Making. You know, that's that's fascinating because I bet that Uber is tinkering with their percentages in the background and their algorithms and figuring out ways to make more profit now that they're a publicly traded company and that's going to have consequences yeah yeah well and i and and right now i don't have you know i'm using a rental so i can only do uber i can't do lyft as well right so i need to get back to being able to do both apps because if you do both apps then i think the i think that the app knows it and will (laughs) really i do think that there's something to that it is it is amazing how uh these algorithms can really uh, not only manipulate your behavior, but when you figure them out, you can manipulate the algorithms. When yes. you figure out yeah. how they oh, operate. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I totally think that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you can also just, like, if you had if you had both apps, right? Right. Then you could turn one off for a whole week, and then for them to get you back using that one again, they would give you something. Right, yeah. You know? So I, I definitely want to get back to doing that. So, and hopefully, again, well, look, by the end of the year, hopefully I'll be back to doing all this stuff like, you know, just part time or whenever I want to make a little extra money. Well, I find it fascinating, though, is is the fact that um, if they keep doing this sort of thing and essentially pay, over time paying the drivers less and less, the drivers are going to look for a new platform to use. And then, you know, Uber's going to start losing their best drivers. And next thing you know, they're going to have a decision to make whether they pay drivers more to, you know, get the, the good drivers back 
or if they go just full 100% down the automated vehicle route. Well, yeah. You know? I, I, look, I think eventually they're going to get there. But yeah. I but they're not there's this is not close yet though. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we're probably five years away from that. At a minimum, five yeah. years. That's still that's still five years, though. Yeah, people yeah. are still going to be using the app for like you can't stop it. You no. know what I'm saying? For no. five, too many like the, people depend on the people depend on that now. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, you know, yeah, like I, there's certain people that that don't own vehicles that just do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, my brother's in town from New York, and uh, he says that they have this thing. I, I want to say it's called Key Car or something like that. Uh, where essentially it's like those bicycles that you you yeah. we were talking about over uh, the past few shows because of bicycle Karen and all that uh, they have the same thing with cars and he says he no longer owns a car you know which to live in Manhattan and, and own a car is probably a huge huge it's expense more expen- and pain in the well, ass. it's more expensive to, for the parking spot than it is for the car <laughs> right oh yeah without question so. But there's a service where you can literally just, you know, go. There's these cars everywhere strategically positioned over all over town. You set up an account with an app, you get a car. You know? Yeah. And you can – it's like $15 an hour. You know? And he says when he needs to meet with clients out of town, he just rents one for the day. Yeah. You know? He says it's like $200 a day if you do that. But an interesting – solution to a problem of cars being um, you know too expensive to own in major cities mm-hmm. yeah i just found that one fascinating but i didn't know such thing exist i i assume that you know well, just toro's like, out there as well uh, but toro works different than that though you're renting it like per the day or per a couple days yeah yeah this is more like just you know go pick the car you want find you know put whatever your account in in the app i don't know the logistics of how you actually do it but uh yeah that's uh that's how it works. Yeah. You know? No, there's some cool so. there's some cool stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's just it's funny that anytime you're talking about a business, there's always that cycle of innovation and then stagnation and then, you know, the business has to make a radical change. Yeah. You, and I think Uber's going that direction. And I think the change Look, will, I think you got companies all over the map that are trying to figure out the right way to do some of this stuff right you know to where you don't want to own like if you look at what uber did to the rental market like for people renting cars that that went down so what did the rental market do well they made an agreement with the rideshare companies so you can rent the car from them (laughs) exactly again brilliant idea (laughs) yeah yeah and they're probably getting more consistent because instead of people renting a car for you know a few days at a time or a week at a a month at a time yeah or more i mean don't get wrong there's only certain places you can go to to get that kind of thing yeah but just it's fascinating how that uh how that works uh you know so but uh so you're you're kind of down in the dumps huh a little bit yeah yeah a little bit but you know yeah again see the light at the end of the tunnel too though so it's you know hopefully it's not a train yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah i got a letter from a, a realtor yesterday and it was i'm sure it was a marketing letter but it was very very specific like talking about they've got uh um someone a couple that's looking to buy a house in our neighborhood and there's no houses uh, big enough in the neighborhood for them and there's only a couple of them that are the size of, of my house in the neighborhood yeah. and uh you know they're really looking for it so i responded back with like an outrageous price and everything like that and uh said you know here's the deal i'm not going to list with you here's my price you know I, I don't care if i sell or not you know all that um I, they're going to play the closing costs and everything and I'm waiting to hear back, but my wife got so mad at me, man. <laughs> she, she, when I told her about this, she's like, you know, because I'm saying, hey, look, you know, we can sell it for this, go buy a house free and clear, throw a bunch of money in the bank, you know, we'll be great to go. 
But uh, yeah, she was very, very unhappy with that. Like, what was your outrageous price? Eight hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in fairness, my house is worth six. You know. Yeah. So, but it's twenty five percent over market value. You know. Plus, they pay all the closing costs and commissions, and you know, I walk away with all of that eight hundred thousand. So. But it's funny. If they came back to you, if oh, let me ask you a question though. If they came back to you and said, "We will do that," you would you would sell? I learned from my wife that the answer is no. <laughs> but, but she she said no to that. Yeah, yeah. So why? Uh, just because she doesn't want to go anywhere. Yeah, you know? uh, I guess. And there is a problem of my mother in law. I didn't really take that into consideration. Well, you can always buy a house that'll have enough room for her, too. Oh, I, I thought we could use the extra money to put her in a home. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that, that probably didn't help your case. <laughs> no, probably didn't help my case. But, you know, what are you going to do? Hey, I, I found this uh, interesting story uh, about Starbucks. and uh, Yeah, I know about this one. You know about this one? Yeah, All this right, one's well, funny. Well, let me, let me give the background on this. And, uh, well, for a little background, I despise Starbucks. I have for a very long time. I originally hated them because uh, they're really shitty coffee, really expensive, and just the the attitude of, I I don't know, it's just the vibe in Starbucks just rubs me completely the wrong way. Fair enough. So we're on the campaign trail in 2014, and we used to stop at at Starbucks all the time because, you know, it had good Wi-Fi and the campaign was there. And uh, we were at a stop, and I think it was actually four of us there and we had a a a long gap between events and uh you know i go outside to have a cigarette and i walk like you know 30 feet away from the front door and the manager comes out tells tells me i can't smoke on the property and like made me walk all the way out to the street to smoke a cigarette so after that i banned starbucks from the campaign yeah um but what happened apparently in philadelphia in 2018 two black guys walk into a starbucks um to uh at first they go to use a bathroom and they say you know customers can't use a bath or you have to be a customer paying customer to use a bathroom and they sat down at a table now they were actually waiting for a third person to arrive before ordering because they were doing a, a business meeting there but the you know the staff came out and threw them out called the police on them you know it was a whole big ordeal so these guys got arrested and they, you know, went through it. It was a whole big, um, you know, political hot potato for Starbucks. All right. So Starbucks' response to this bad PR was to tell the regional manager to fire the white people in that store. <laughs> and the regional manager, who was also white, said, uh, well, wait a second. Those weren't the people that were involved in the incident. You know, they had nothing to do with it. A couple of them weren't even there. You know, and uh, so the the manager then Starbucks fires the manager for refusing to fire people who were not even involved in the incident to begin with. Um, So uh, Starbucks actually fired her and now she just won a twenty five million dollar lawsuit against them. (laughs) So but I the reason I find this fascinating is because so much of this really shows how ingrained race is into absolutely everything. You know, from from everything throughout this whole process is what's wrong, you know. And let's take it from the beginning. In 2018, when those two guys, two black guys walked in, you know, I, I started thinking about it. If that was two white guys, none of this probably would have happened. Are you saying none of this would have happened because they wouldn't have asked the white guys to pay for something? 
You, well, the, apparently the the two black guys said we're waiting on someone and then we'll probably order. You know, they're just having a business meeting there. Yeah. And the the third person showed up right as they were getting arrested, which doesn't look good for your business meeting. You know? No, no, <laughs> right. it doesn't. But uh, yeah, I, I think that if these were a couple of white guys, this probably never would have happened. Because the Starbucks employees wouldn't have said anything to those white guys. Correct. Yeah. Now, also, let's think if these two black guys came in dressed like finance bros. Okay. Would it have happened? You know, maybe, maybe not. Let's say two white guys came in and they were dressed like bums or they were dressed like finance bros. Would it or would it have not have happened? Would they have been asked to leave or not? Would they have gotten the cops called on them? You know. Now, on the other side of the equation, Starbucks, of course, going from a completely misguided view of racial relations, says, okay, this happens, it looks bad for us, so fire all the white people. Yeah. You know, which is the same exact type of racism that the original employees that kicked them out exhibited, you know. And now, so they fire the white boss who refused to fire the white people just for being white. You know, and she wins a $25 million lawsuit. And I'm sure that's because the white people on the jury felt like they're being persecuted. You know, it's just the whole situation around it. It it, it just none of it from the very beginning makes any sense whatsoever. You know, it's just it goes to show you how everything is is filtered through all the wrong prisms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I have some disagreements with you here. But okay, okay, let's hear them. So yeah. hold on. So the first thing is this. I'm sure that at Star... And I've, I've witnessed this myself when I was going to Starbucks. Right. That there were people that would spend basically like all day long at Starbucks. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> the only out that you had from being able to do that was to actually buy something. Yeah, buy a cup of coffee. Buy a cup of coffee. And, 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 and again, even though it's an expensive cup of coffee, a cup of coffee still, you know, it's like five bucks. You, you could buy a $5 cup of coffee and sit there all day. In 2018, it was like five bucks. Right. If not, if you didn't buy the coffee, then Starbucks has the right to throw you the fuck out. Right, right. These two guys were waiting for a third, right? Right. Okay, you're not at a restaurant waiting yeah. for a third where you have to wait until everybody gets their order. Right. Go buy your fucking cup of coffee, guy. Yeah. Like, just go buy. If you buy the cup of coffee, then Starbucks is not going to do anything to you at that point. Now, I've witnessed Starbucks employees kick out white people and kick out black people. Right. I, I, I think this had much more to do with. And again, I don't know how these guys were dressed. I don't remember watching the video um, on this one. But I but at the same time, like. First off, Starbucks sets up this thing where they want people to congregate in their stores. Right. Well, when you do that, then you run the risk of, of exactly of what happened. people congregating in your stores, right. Of, yeah. Now, their thing is they want you to be a paid customer. So these two dudes, when told, hey, man, if you're not buying anything, get the fuck out. Right. Well, go buy something. Right. It's a cup of coffee. Go buy a scone. Right. I don't care. Go buy something. But these guys didn't want to do that. And they're like, well, they're only talking to us because they're black, because we're black. Right. I don't think that's why they were talking to him. It was fucking well, Philadelphia. Hang on. That that assumption, too, is also part of the racial issue. You see what I'm saying? So your premise is that it, it, no matter who it was, if they're sitting there without ordering anything, they're going to get kicked out. Yeah. Uh, that might be true. It might not. It's hard to say. 
you know? No, you're it, right. It is, here's the thing. You're right. It is hard to say. Right. However, the rule still applies. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you didn't if you didn't buy nothing, then they can throw you the fuck out. So what do you think on Starbucks response to it? Look, I think that their response was Look, I think the employees again, they weren't reading the room right. I mean, obviously. Right. You know, and you don't you don't have them arrested, but at the same time, and again, without without watching all of it all over again, I think everybody's in the wrong on this one. I don't yeah. think anybody's in the right. Yeah, that, that's actually what it seems like. Like 100% no, across nobody, the board. Nobody's right in this one, you know, and again. Because it, you shouldn't go into a, a establishment and assume that you can sit there taking up a table all day without ordering something. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's fair, too. Go yeah. in there, buy your cup of coffee, sit down. Yeah. Like, and wait for your guy. Like, I, I don't get what the problem is with that part. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand the problem with that part of it. And again, I think sometimes these things are purposely blown way out of proportion. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason that they're purposely blown way out of proportion is everybody wants their fucking 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and everyone think, wants to pay. And, off. Are, and, and everybody wants to pay off. Yeah. Now. The woman, and again, I didn't. I I don't ever remember the part of the story that you're talking about. How the woman was told to, to fire all the white people. Well, that I don't remember that part. Well, that's new. That just happened because she sued Starbucks and she just won her court case and got twenty five million dollars. Yeah. So, at which I have to think that is as a middle manager of Starbucks, uh, that probably represents. Oh, I don't know about a, a you know. 200 years of her salary <laughs> you know so that was clearly a a very punitive award as, you know? but as it should be though they shouldn't have look they fired her because she was white yeah it could yes it could be argued that yeah you it know could be argued that just like you could argue that you they threw them out because they were black you could make the same argument with yes person. and that's exactly what i'm saying and if this woman the the manager at starbucks if she had happened to be a black she probably never would have been fired even if she was defending, you know, not firing the white employees who had nothing to do with the situation, you know. But the other thing that you said there that I wanted to that I wanted to get back to was if it was two black guys that were in business suits and dressed to the nines and all right. that kind of stuff, yeah. would they have thrown those people out? Probably not. Right. If it was two white guys that were dressed like bums, would they have thrown those people out? Right. Maybe. But hey, then again, I was literally wearing a a, a very nice tailored suit when i got uh kicked out of starbucks so I, I think that actual smoking in this day and age uh plays a much more important role than race no no i do i do think i do think it has to do with that yeah i just look i don't think that anybody was right in this situation and i think ultimately starbucks is the one that lost on this one yeah and i don't feel bad for starbucks like, no. fuck starbucks i mean no. i don't i don't like them at all anyway they're yeah. like, they're a big huge but look, I, they're a big, huge corporation that sucks all day anyway. The bigger, the bigger picture here is is just how weird situations get anytime race is involved at all. Well, but you know, but now it's used every time. Look, if there's ever a situation, no matter what it is, if one person's white and one person's black, yeah, or one person's white and one person's Mexican, or whatever, right, or one person's Mexican and one person's black, if they can put race to it, they do. Like if you yeah. listen to NPR. On all the article or on all the stories, they'll use race unless it's one of these things where it's going to put the black person in a bad light. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. And you can't not he like one. You can't not hear it. It right. happens all the time. Like, yep. 
and look, are there some times where there's definitely some things that were racist that went on? Right. Absolutely. Totally, yeah. totally happens. But not every time. No. Like and, sometimes it's black people acting a fool. Yeah. You know? Sometimes it's yeah, sometimes it's white people acting the fool. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's people acting the fool. Right. And to try to if you're going look, if you're going to selectively report on things, then people that are racist are going to be able to point to that. Right. And say, well, you're doing this and that's why what I did was not was 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 okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the problem comes into play. Yeah. Because they have a point. It's just like everything else that goes on in this country right now. Everybody is trying to, you know, always point and blame at the other side, whatever the other side happens to be. So if if I'm on one side and you're on another, boom, it's, you, you know, it, everything is that, you know, Every. whether it's politics, whether it's race, whether it's gender, it's anything that we define ourselves differently by is becomes all or an all or nothing you know um yeah nobody wants to see the nuance in these things yeah everything is binary at this point yeah yeah, nobody wants to see the context and they're willing to kind of uh, uh, omit certain parts of the story that don't fit their narrative that don't fit the narrative and that happens but that happens for damn near everybody yeah yeah you know there's so few media outlets that you can actually listen to a story and get a even-handed kind of uh, uh, acknowledgement of what happened there. Right. And the rational middle is the one that seems to always get overlooked. Well, no, know? no, no, no. The rational middle, I don't think the rational middle gets overlooked. The rational middle gets shamed by both sides until that rational middle picks a side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. That There is a so lot of truth So it's either shut up, don't right. say anything. Yeah. Or pick one side or the other. Which I think that that's kind of because where... Because both sides will blame you. That I, I think that's kind of where the, you know, the, the, the rational middle, I think that's probably a good term, um, is just keeping their heads down, man. <laughs> They're like, I don't want any part of any of this shit. Yeah, who can blame them? Leave me out of it. No, no, who can yeah, blame them? Right. Think about, how, think about when, we, when you ran for office, when I ran for office, there were certain people that you would talk to that would say, man, I don't want to be involved in any of this stuff. Right. Yeah. In retrospect, in, in they were rec- the smart ones. Yeah, yeah. In retrospect, <laughs> could you blame them? No, no. I used to. I used to have the mindset of, well, if you're not doing something about it, you know, it's it's you, you're just going to let it all go to shit, you know. And and now I'm like, oh, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't stop it from going to shit. You might as well just you know keep your head down and and benefit well, wherever you can. Because nobody wants to look. Because the irrational people don't play by the same rules as everybody else plays by. Right. Like they don't play by rational rules. You can't be rational with irrational people. Yeah. It doesn't work. I mean, obviously it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, look, there's story after story today about that very, almost all the stories today are about that today is about the irrational versus the rational and how somehow. And again, I don't like Starbucks. Right. But I'm not mad at them for the, how it went down. Oh. Like I am, but I'm not. I, I'm not mad for them for the first part per se, because if you have a firm policy that you're applying to everyone that, hey, if you're going to sit there for 20 minutes and not order anything, we're going to throw you out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can definitely be mad at the second part where it's like. Oh, when they fired oh, the woman? Yeah, fire all the white people. You no, know? no, no. That part. No, no, no. Yeah. You're right. You're right about that part. Yeah. So. 
Um, all right, so but let's move us on. Yeah, let, PGA. I love, I love, <laughs> I love that you wrote this. PGA gets holes one and eight and twelve through eighteen. Saudis do nine to eleven. <laughs> right, that's not an original. I, I saw someone else pick up on that. All right, so this is what happened with this story. Let's and again, we got to kind of tell a little bit of the backstory on this one too. Right. So there's Saudi started a new golf place, a new golf company or league or whatever called Live Golf. Right. Right. L I V. L I V. And they were giving more money to PGA golfers to start golfing for them exclusively. Right. So some PGA golfers jumped ship, and we're now on this new tour, this new... The Live Golf Tour. Yeah. Now, PGA was like, the for a long time, was the only major game in town, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Live Golf, Saudi Arabia, started a new golf company, right? Right. And PGA was going after them... And was wrapping themselves around the American flag right. in order to go after these guys yeah. and saying, like, how dare these people. But also you know, they were taking a hit because they were stealing good golfers and also they're paying them a shitload more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were. Because Saudi's got shit tons of money. Yeah, and to put the PGA wasn't, wasn't happy about this. And so for a while they were going after them. Right. Now they're going to partner with them. They've merged. And they've merged. So yeah. now Live Golf and the PGA are together in one company now. Which now the Saudis now have a stake in PGA. Right. <sighs> Again, fuck Saudi Arabia. Right. Don't fucking like them. Don't care for don't care for Saudi well, Arabia at all. In all honesty, Saudi Arabia should be our mortal enemy. Uh, Saudi Arabia is not good people. That's for sure. Yeah. They're not the good guys in this situation. But with that being said, PGA and Live, they want to get together and do this, and they totally can do this. There's... You can be mad at PGA if you want to be mad at PGA. Right. But at the same time, you know who doesn't have anything to do with this? The fucking government. Right. Right. So now Nor should they. Nor should no you're nor should they. Right. Cuz you know what man start, you know, all white or all America fucking <laughs> there all you go, whitey. See? You see? Start all whitey fucking. Well, it's a lot of whiteies in there anyway. Not as much anyway. There's a lot no, of diversity not anymore. in golf. Yeah. A lot of diversity in golf. But like if you want to start a new a new golf company, then go ahead and start one. Right. Live Golf did it. And obviously they were good enough. So now Senator Richard Blumenthal launches a probe into bombshell PGA Live Golf deal with concerns about Saudi Arabia's role. How is this any of their business? Yeah, yeah. I agree 100% there. As much as I I hate the fact that PGA merged with the, the Saudis, the government's got no business being involved with this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, hold on. The one thing, the one thing, the one thing that they do have something with is that they have a tax ex- the PGA has a tax exempt status. Oh. Right. But take away the fucking tax Good exempt for status them. then. Good for them. You know? I, I in fact, I think everyone should have a tax exempt status. Well, that's true. <laughs> but yeah. Right. There you go. That's it, at least that's something within your purview. Now, hold on. This is what R- Senator Blumenthal wrote pga tours agreement with saudi arabia public investment fund regarding live golf raises concerns about the saudi government's role in influencing this effort and the risks posed by a foreign government entity assuming control over a cherished american institution you see how he says it like that yeah exactly exactly it's a company man yeah were you upset when inbev was bought by some belgian company or when Anheuser-Busch was bought by some Belgian company. Right. Like, I didn't hear you bitching then. Yeah. Well, a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, 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 right-wingers are. <laughs> well, they are now. Yeah. They weren't before, Garth though. Brooks isn't, though. No, Garth Brooks isn't. This is another one. Jesus. <laughs> <Right>. <sighs> so, all right, that's done with the PGA thing. 
So now Garth Brooks is opening up a new place. And like a restaurant bar. Like a restaurant bar yeah. kind of place place and it's called like friends in low places or something like that right? <laughs> which is a great it's, it's it's awesome so there's a new bar in nashville um is is opening up this he, garth brooks is opening up this new place called like friends in low places it's, there's something else that goes along with it as well but it's basically friends in low places and garth brooks is just going to oh friends in low places and honky tonk in nashville mm-hmm. he's gonna way serve, too wordy oh yeah He's wait. He's he's now going to serve everything. So he says, "I know this sounds corny. I want to be the Chick Fil A of uh, of um, honky tonks." Brooks shared, "I want it to be a place that you feel safe in. I want it to be a place where you feel like there are manners and people like one another, and people like one another." Right. Brooks made it clear that he would be serving Bud Light and all beers at his bar. Our thing is this: if you come into this house, love one another. If you're an a hole, there are plenty of other places on lower Broadway to go. And people are giving him all kinds of shit for this. <laughs> makes no friggin' sense, man. Okay. Let me just say, I don't fucking like Bud Light. I don't, I would never drink Bud Light. Right. But I was like this before the Dylan Mulvaney thing. Yeah. You don't like it because of the taste and you don't like corporate beer because it's the taste. And I don't like corporate beer. Like, yeah. I think you should just sell beers from local breweries and that's all you should sell. However, at the same time, and look, and has Bud Light lost massive market share? Sure. Are they still at I'm number- actually surprised at that. I am really shocked at how hard uh, Bud Light has been hit on well, this. But the thing is this, though. The reason Bud Light has been hit on this, one, because it's crappy beer for one. Two, there are easily other options that you can buy anywhere. That are exactly the same. That are basically yeah. exactly the same. Miller Light, Coors Light. Modelo. Yeah. Eh, no, Modelo's better. Well, Modelo's better, but that that's now the number one beer. Oh, is it really? So Bud Light was number one. Now now Modelo's number one. So wait now, a Bud second. Light's wait still a second. Hang, two. hang on. Hang on. Hang on a second. So you're telling me all these MAGA Republicans who got all pissed off because Bud Light put a trans person on their beer cans are now buying fucking wetback beer? <laughs> okay, are hold, you hold kidding on. me? Hold on. I think a lot of those people went to Coors. <laughs> okay. But All because right. of the lower number... Coors Modelo, American. Well, <laughs> Modelo, Modelo was able to stay basically where it was, and by staying where it was, it moved up to number one. Okay, I got you. I think that I had more you. to do with it. Yeah. But... It's all this, these Mexicans invading our country, buying a damn Modelo beer. <laughs> Modelo you actually know? has... Modelo beer is We need more good. trans people to stop the Mexicans. <laughs> Jesus, just the things that people get all worked up about just well, look, and I makes think Garth, no sense. Look, and I think Garth Brooks had a point here. Oh, he's got a great point. You know, like just serve. If you want to serve all beers and serve all beers. And if you don't want to buy the Bud Light from friends in low places, honky tonk. Right. Then don't do it. Right. Like it's it easy. Well, he also kind of made the point is if you're an asshole like that, don't come here. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, Garth? Good for you, buddy. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Just don't have some alter ego character that you make records about. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, Chris Gaines. He was an alter ego. It was Garth Brooks, really. Oh, I, oh, he put out some albums that was like Chris Gaines. It was horrible. Yeah. It was bad. It was yeah, really don't know bad. anything about that. But look, always like Garth Brooks, like his music. Thought he put out some really good stuff. You know, was a big fan of Garth Brooks back in the day. Still a big fan of Garth Brooks now. Hey, uh, speaking of trans issues, <laughs> did you hear that the Grammys... Uh, have now banned trans writers 
uh, from competing, uh, from uh, being awarded the Grammys. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the new Grammy uh, award rules uh, will prevent any transhumans uh, to uh, to be uh, uh, to actually write anything that is uh, uh, considered for uh, a Grammy award. But you're talking about AI, AI in this case. and not yeah. trans, <laughs> right? Well, you got to figure the argument is pretty much the same. You know, if if we talk about why we don't let trans trans uh, uh, women compete in female athletics, what what's the reason? They're just flat out genetically superior to biological women, right? Yeah, and they just you know would tear it up. Okay, same is true of AI. <laughs> so transhuman entities will beat us every time because every time they get entered, you know, in an art show, a photography show, they keep winning. <laughs> they keep beating us at all these competitions, and so now the Grammy said we will not even consider anything that has the way they said it. The new Grammy Award rules require human input. Okay, so how are they going to know? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, exactly. how are they going to know? Yeah. So only human creators are eligible for Grammy Awards. The Recording Academy declared on Friday, as the body uh, that grants the world's most recognized music awards seeks to curb uh, the use of artificial intelligence in the industry. But there's just no stopping it. Yeah, I just don't so. know how they're going to be able to. How are they going to be able to enforce this? Yeah, yeah, that's I, the thing. I, like, here's unless the thing, you though, if you have AI write it and then yeah. you change two or three words in it, right. what does it matter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so just just another. I just wanted to point that out. It's another stay, uh, step in uh, AI being better than us in more and more things. Yeah, you know? and it, it's funny because at some point it's going to get to the point where. We're going to have to acknowledge that, yeah, we're just giving these wards among humans, but we're like the second class. You know what I'm saying? We're not the pinnacle anymore because clearly AI would kick our ass in anything it competed against us in. But, you know, we're, we're just sticking this to humans. So it's going to be like kind of the second class of awards where all the really good stuff is going to be AI anyway. Yeah, and it's just another precursor of why we should not trust this shit because they are literally replacing us slowly and surely as the dominant species on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> just like your Uber job is going to AI here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, it will. Yeah, it'll go. Everything's gonna. Everything's gonna go that so way. So I, I just, I, I just thought it was interesting to try to consider the AI in the same vein as we do. Uh, you know, trans uh, trans female athletes, you know, transgender uh, male to female competing in women's athletics. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be the same type of thing, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, where do you want to talk about now? Don't be Florida files? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, which one do you want to go with? All right. We'll, go, we'll start with the first one. Okay. So Florida Sheriff Mike Chitwood, or anti-Semitic group, demands $100,000 in gold uh, from Volusia Sheriff. He's sending pacifiers. <laughs> so I got to read a little bit from the article on this one, though. So uh, members of the anti-Semitic hate group are demanding that Volusia Sheriff Mike Chitwood pay them $100,000 in gold and apologize for calling them scumbags in notices that resemble a lawsuit but are not. The members of the Goyam Defense League, a group that has littered Volusia County neighborhoods with anti-Semitic flyers, also want the sheriff to remove tweets about his scumbag eradication team T-shirt. The <laughs> shirt depicts uh, the sheriff sh flushing some people, including one person with a swastika tattoo on his leg 
down a toilet. John E. Menando II, identified by the Anti-Defamation League as the leader of GDI, or GDL, was one of the four members who filed the notices. He complained that he was targeted because the T-shirt depicts sunglasses similar to his own next to the toilet. The T-shirt <laughs> is also shown an appendage with the letters GDL on it. You know, <laughs> oh, and then the sheriff had some specially made pacifiers that said something to the uh, effect that uh, uh, sure. Oh yeah. Mike Chit would hurt my feelings printed on the, some pacifiers and was going to send them out to him. <laughs> I mean, look, this is all funny, but for fuck's sake, everybody in this is just an asshole. You know what I'm saying? I it just, <laughs> just everybody stop this shit. You know, I, I, I think it's beneath the sheriff to do that. I really do. Yeah, no, yeah. no, so yeah, okay, look, again, a lot of things can be wrong here at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, first off, fuck the anti-Semites. That goes without saying. Like, They're the just, GDL people are, in all rights, are scumbags. Okay, right. I'll go with that one. However, the sheriff doesn't need to make a t-shirt that says scumbag eradication team on it that he put there and not in our county. Again, we need, you need to have a sheriff that isn't trying to make the papers. Right. And this is done to try to make the papers. Right. Like you're doing it to kind of troll the other side. Right. And that's not really your job. No. no. Your job is to uphold yeah, the is, law. This is just pure without fear or showmanship. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't need the the last thing we need is these is these sheriffs doing this stuff. Right. So I don't think that the sheriff is in the right doing this. However, we At the same time, you got no case to get $100,000. No, Even no. though I will say this, you asked for $100,000 in gold, that was actually kind of a smart move. Well, Because at least it will maintain value better. It, it wasn't actually any real lawsuit. It was just some type of demand that they printed up. You know what I'm saying? It just stupid. You know? it just there, There's so much dumb going on around uh, all There this. is a lot of dumb uh, going this, on there. And, and honestly, this guy's just, this Chitwood dude is just... Um, He's like a he's like a Grady Judd wannabe. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And there's a lot of showman Florida sheriffs, but the one thing I and there are people like them though. That's the thing. The residents like them. The one thing I do find funny is the name that this you know fucking Nazi group chose for themselves, the Goyam Defense League. You know, yeah. Goyam is actually a derogatory. Um, I don't know if it's Yiddish or Hebrew word for anyone who's a non-Jew. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like the derogatory version of Gentile. Yeah. You know? uh, so it is funny that they used that term, like what could be considered a slur uh, from Jews to non-Jews as the name of their, their organization. But, yeah, they're, they're just friggin' dirtbags. I saw some of the flyers they put out. But, yeah, hey, sheriffs, don't be like that, you know. Don't put on dog and pony shows. Grady Judge is the worst of it. You know, oh, like, oh, God. God, he's just a horrible human being. I yeah. don't like him and at all. And they love him. They, they love him love in Polk him County. In Polk County. Yeah. They love him. I, I don't like going to Polk County because he's the sheriff. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, another don't be Florida story is uh, Florida and Texas, I believe, has now banned uh, Anne Frank, quote unquote, pornography. <laughs> so they banned a graphical version, a, a like a graphic novel of Anne Frank's diary. Yeah. Um, and the reason that they banned it is because um, in Anne Frank's diary, 
there was a a couple of of parts where she, in her own hand, uh, described you know kind of figuring out her vagina, learning a, a little bit of her sexuality. And apparently, when the father released the initial diary, that wasn't in there. But it was later, you know, when the whole uh, diary was released, it, it was in there. So apparently, that part was in the book. And that is why this particular version of Anne Frank's diary got uh, removed, banned from uh, uh, Florida schools and Texas schools. And, you know, it, it's kind of a – this is another one that's kind of – interesting because i didn't actually see the imagery from the graphic novel if they put anything in there or just alluded to it but you know if they're showing anne frank playing with herself uh in graphic detail you know in the animated version of the the graphic novel that could almost be considered pornography so that might not be um a a really outrageous thing to do even though so much of what (laughs) if the Florida schools have done is completely outrageous. But the fact that it has to do with such an important historical, you know, book uh, that, you know, it it really is everybody, everybody had to read Anne Frank's diary in school. Right. Yeah. And it was really how, uh, you know, generations of people understood the horrors of the Holocaust, you know? So, it's funny that this is another thing where there's no rational middle here because, of course, everyone who is opposed to the book banning, as I am, is looking at this and saying, see, they're, they're banning Anne Frank's diary. It's all they hate the Jews. They're just Nazis, you know, things like that. And, you know, the, the, the rational part is, is that, okay, there might actually be some justification for banning this one. If there is graphic content in there, you know, if that section of the diary is actually animated where she's, you know, exploring her vagina, that might be a little much for a for a school book. You know what I'm saying? So it's just funny how I mean, it's just in the library, though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really a school book. It's just in the library. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's like stop banning stuff. It's just stop banning stuff. Just stop banning stuff. Right, it it right. comes down as, as especially in high school level. Look, and, you and know, groups like Moms for Liberty, like you're so not for liberty. <laughs> right. Well, like, please stop saying that your mom's I, I don't even like using the word liberty anymore. Like I used to love using the oh, word I liberty. Yeah. I hate using it now. I, it's been taken over and bastardized. In any group now that yeah. says that they're at liberty, I'm like, oh, they're oh, probably yeah. not. Yeah, that's uh, same with woke. <laughs> woke used to mean a whole different thing, and that was really started by uh, essentially libertarian mindset people. Yeah, you know, and now it's just like I don't even know what woke means anymore. You know, it's, here's the thing: it's just a tool that is used now with no meaning anymore. Right, like all the meaning of it's gone. Yeah, it's just gone. Same thing with liberty. the me, The meaning for it is gone now, and so it's just, you know, again, stop banning shit, man. <laughs> just stop right. banning shit. I don't need you to ban things. Look, it's in the library, man. Like, just let it be in the fucking library. Quit mm-hmm. banning fucking books. Right, right. And seriously, what kid in this day and age? goes combing through the library looking, you know, for for porn. Yeah. You can get on your phone <laughs> a lot happens. easier. Yeah, exactly. Every kid you know is never more than two clicks away from the most graphic porn you can imagine. Yeah. So, and they've seen it all at this point. 
Yeah. <laughs> you just know? stop fucking banning shit, man. Right. Like, right. I just, I'm so sick and tired of reading story after, especially from Florida, yeah. where it's story after story of we're banning this, we're banning that, we're banning this, we're banning that. You know, and somehow these guys feel like that they are justified in doing this. Right. And again, we've talked about it before. Man, it's people we know. Yeah. And I'm oh, yeah. so yeah. sick and tired of. And, you know, recently, uh, some of these, uh, uh, you know, uh, MAGA Republican book banners have found some very strange bedfellows <laughs> in the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of these are the same people who used to really, really hate Muslims. <laughs> I mean, like, just, just despise, fear, you know, uh, wipe them all out, turn them all into a parking lot. You know, that, I mean, <laughs> that, I, I heard that repeatedly from a lot of these same people. But it turns out that MAGA Republicans, uh, you know, ultra, you know, evangelical Christians, that whole group, seems to agree with Muslims in the whole anti-LGBT, in the whole book-banning world, you know? So it's some very, very strange bedfellows right now. Maybe it's the whole Live Golf PGA connection that's bringing them together. Who knows? Maybe, I don't know. So this <laughs> happened in Michigan. So And again, hold on, this article actually shows a hypocrisy along a whole bunch of different sides, by the way. Right. So let me let's let me just read a little bit of the article here. A Detroit area community has banned LGBTQ plus flags from publicly owned flagpoles after a tense hours long meeting that raised questions about discrimination, religion and the city's reputation for welcoming newcomers in protest. Women speaking during the public comment portion of the Hamtrak City Council uh, meeting kissed a woman standing next to her Tuesday night. You guys are welcome. Council member Nadim Cordoy said, but we do not have to have the flag shown on government property to be represented. You're already represented. We already know who you are. Some members of the all Muslim council said the pride flag clashes with the beliefs of some members of their faith. Businesses and residents are prohibited from displaying the pride flag on their own property. We want to respect the religious rights of our citizens. Uh, Cold Hurry said. Amtrak population's 27,000 is an enclave surrounded by Detroit. More than 40% of the residents were born in other countries, according to U.S. Census Bureau, and a significant share of Yemeni and Bangladeshi descent. The council voted unanimously to display only five flags, including the American flag, the Michigan flag, and one that represents native countries of immigrant residents. Uh, Mayor Amir Ghalib made the flag a campaign issue, when the when then mayor Karen Majowski flew one over city property in 2011. So wait, wait a second. So you can you can fly the American flag, okay? The state flag was the other one. Uh huh. State flag. And then a couple a different few countries select flag. countries. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that sounds discriminatory. Only a few select countries. So there's a total of three countries' flags you can also fly at government buildings. But you can't fly a pride flag. Yeah, yeah basically. How about, how about just no flags? <laughs> you know, how about, uh, and, and if you want to be, you know, a naturalist, uh, you know, the American flag and the state flag. That's it, period, bar none. You know. Hey, look, here's the thing. And this is, look, again. So much wrong here. Right. Yes. Yes. So much going <laughs> on here. Across the board. So much it's going on wrong. here that's wrong. Yeah. The first thing is this. If this 
county would have been in Alabama right. and done this, it would have been national news. Yeah. The fact is, right now, this is a Muslim-controlled area that's doing this. So I think that the the left, the 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 pro LGBTQ people right. are having a hard time. Yeah, how mad are they going to be? Because they're going to have to go after the Muslims in order to be mad. Right, right. So there's the first thing. Well, is. I think you're going to see a switch here pretty soon. I think you're going to see the left start to single out individual minority groups to hate on for these reasons. Yeah, you because know, we got the story out of Montgomery County, Maryland, too. You know, What's the one out of Maryland? The one out of Maryland is uh, the, the Montgomery County, Maryland School District uh, announced that students could not opt out of reading books with LGBTQ themes. Okay, So what happened is, is the evangelical Christians and the Muslim community teamed up to fight together against this, um, you know, this mandatory reading of LGBT books, right? So <laughs> here's what they came up with. And this is, it's funny because it's probably very true, but just to hear it coming from these folks is hysterical. Quote, we have the same family values, Smith told Semaphore. They created a team of people they weren't expecting to team up. The Board of Education forgot the demographics of their county, if I'm being honest. So essentially, the Muslim family group and the Christian uh, organization and the MAGA people all got together. Uh, CARES involved, <laughs> which is a dubious organization at best. Um, and now, so you've got these, uh, you know, strange bedfellows. Now, what is the left going to do if the Muslim community consistently is siding with MAGA Republicans against LGBT and, and you know, pornography and things, whatever, you know? How are they going to respond to that? Well, eventually they're going to have to start hating on Muslims, and that's going to make a whole different cycle of politics in America, you know? And it's funny because... This was a group that was totally demonized by the right, by the, the MAGA Republicans, by the evangelicals for the last three decades. And now all of a sudden, since they both decided they hate fags, you know, now they're teaming up together. So what's the left going to do? I mean, it's just that's how everything works in this country. So now at some point, the Muslim community is going to become the enemy of the left if this trend continues. And it looks like it's becoming a trend. Yeah, because you've seen this. Again, I don't have the articles up on some of these things, but you do have some other places like in California where at school board meetings, again, don't ban it and don't make it mandatory. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just give everybody a fucking option and yeah. we won't have a fucking problem. Yeah, better yet, just disband all your government organizations. Or, or you just, can just do Every that. government organization, hold a vote to disband and, and follow through with it. The so, world will be a better but place. But I do think that the, 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 this LGBT... Look, I th I do think when it comes to the flags... Right. When you start letting one in that's not like the state flag right. or the national flag... Yeah. Once you let one in, you're opening the door for problems. It's the same thing with... So you just, put the Ten Commandments up in a government building, you got to put up the, you know, the Satanist, whatever, manifest, who knows. Yeah. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, the Festivus poll. It's got, yeah, it's got to be all there, you know? Like, if you start letting one thing in, you're going to let it all in, so right. just don't let one thing in. Yeah. Like, just, it's the state flag, it's the national flag, and then that's it. Wow. Well, I prefer like, no flags but it's you know. like with this white house thing right and Which again, one's this that? isn't in the notes so there was a lgbtq 
uh, Pride event at the White House, which was like the largest right, one ever. Right, right, right. Okay, I know where you're going with this. And yeah. the, okay, there's two different things that happened at this one. One is they didn't follow the flag code and they put up an LGBTQ flag that was centered and then like an American flag that was on one side. Like they didn't right. put it in the right order yeah. according to the flag code. Right. First off, one, they knew that. Right. They were trolling. Yeah. And they were looking for the other side to bite. Right. And the other side bit. Of course. So that was totally a thing that happened there. That was a setup. Don't get me wrong. Look, did they follow the flag code? No. No, no they didn't. But were they were they were they trying to wait, say something who, by Who's going to go to the White House and bust people for not following the flag code? Well, <laughs> Fox News. <laughs> exactly. Thank God for Fox News uh, keeping us all in line. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's the first thing that happened there. And again, I don't really care about the flag code, to be honest with you. But did they not follow the flag code? Yeah, they sure didn't. Right. But that's why right. you don't put any other fucking flags up but the U.S. flag. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, at this point, I wouldn't even put the POW MIA flag up. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. even put that one up. Yeah. Just put up the fucking American flag and call it a day. Yeah. Um, the second thing that happened there was that three of the people that were involved in the LGBTQ event went topless at a certain point (laughs) during their time at the White House. And at least one of them was trans, right? Yeah, one of them was trans. Yeah. And they went topless at the thing. Right. Now, because they did that, they put it on their social media, you know, the right gets all pissed off and is, you know, how dare they do this? That pissed me off. That, That pissed me off because I saw the photo of those trans titties and i was a little turned on oh, well there you go which pissed me off <laughs> now <laughs> don't be doing that hold on now i will say this though any they were saying that anybody that has a problem with it was homophobic or transphobic or whatever right right now here's the thing if you're going to go to the white house right always go topless keeping your fucking top on is probably not the worst thing in the fucking world why are you trying way. to restrict people's rights why are you trying to shit on you know, people's freedoms? I was going to try to make a good point about this one. I knew, <laughs> I knew I knew exactly what you were going to do to shit all over this. Uh, you know, so for a second, I'd I like do. for a second, let's not make shit on point. it for a second. Make your point. The point is this: there's a certain sense of decorum when you're going to the White House, and if you're going to fucking take your top off at the White House, you're just being an asshole. There's it's not right. being transphobic to think that, that person is just being an a hole. And that's why you should always dress like a finance bro when you go to Starbucks. I get it, man. You're right on the money. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, being topless is a universal human right. Absolutely. For men and look, women. I just And you're a sexist for thinking that, you know, that women or trans women don't have the right to let the puppies breathe. Here's the thing. For the people that are involved in the LGBTQ plus movement. Can they can they add some more letters on that, please? There's can we come up with a, a different a as different, Dave Chappelle would call them the alphabet people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well that's still as many syllables. <laughs> but here's the thing. Do you really think that you're helping your cause by doing that? Like do you really think that you're helping your cause by just acting like an asshole? Yeah. Like and that's just what it is. No, that's, like you're just yes. acting like an asshole when you do that. That's like it's just and again, don't get me wrong, it the, puts the White House in a situation. So now they're banning this person from ever going to another event again. Right. And now that person's all pissed off at the fucking White House right. because they're banning this person. Yeah. When in all reality, I, I think that you're just not showing good decorum by doing this. Oh, it trolling backfired, go figure. 
Well, (laughs) everything is wrestling. Well, it it really is. And and everything is. Look, the way that politics works in this country is only the assholes get the attention. And the biggest assholes get the most attention. That's That's why everybody in politics now acts like a complete and utter asshole. Because, once again, it's all about the extremes. No one is actually talking to the rational middle. Which I think probably, you know... 50 60 percent of the american public is the rational middle yeah you know no, i think there's a lot of people that are and just it's looking just at 20 30 percent on either side that on the extremes that are the crazy ones that everybody listens to. but what will happen is this is that both sides will say something that almost makes it impossible to be in the middle yeah or they try yeah. to make it impossible to be in the middle. I and like say. you said, if you are in the middle and you say, okay, well, that side's got a little bit of a point here and that side's got a little bit of a point here, but ultimately you're both wrong. They then both hate you. They, then you get targeted by both. Yeah, you for know? different reasons. Like, look at Garth Brooks. Look, I'm sure Gar- look, Garth Brooks is just, hey, I'm just going to serve beer to everybody. Right. And what happens? Fuck everybody you, I don't care about him. your causes. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> right. It's beer. Hey, one thing I wanted to hit in the first hour, and we've only got a few minutes left. Oh, there's only two things I want to hit in the first hour. First thing oh, is God. curbside switcheroo level Orlando Avila. Oh. Welcome. Yeah. New members, new subscribers. So, so if you want to go subscribe, unattended ba- uh, patreon.com slash unattended baggage. Go ahead. All right. Um, Florida cop, uh, Florida deputy in uh, the Parkland School Massacre did not follow the extensive training he had uh, to uh, how on how to confront and, you know, essentially attack a shooter, you know, in a, a school shooting, a mass shooting situation. Um, a former sheriff's deputy didn't follow his extensive training on how to stop an active shooter when he didn't confront the killer who murdered 17 people at Parkland High. Uh, a former training commander said, testified Thursday. Former Broward County Deputy Scott Peterson had undergone training both in a video simulator and with live actors several times before the massacre at uh, Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High, uh, Broward County Lieutenant Colonel said. So Peterson was taught that even if he was alone, he would need to confront the shooter without waiting for backup. Now, a couple of things in this is we've seen this repeatedly where cops ended up just chickening out in a lot of these situations and just didn't confront the shooter. They waited outside for the shooting to stop for the killer to get tired of killing people and hopefully killing himself. But it it goes to, uh, and, and first of all, I think there's a lot of cops out there that the reason they became cops is because they didn't believe in their capability in themselves. They didn't, they in their hearts felt like they were cowards and they thought making themselves cops would change that. And the problem is, is that you never really know until you're faced with that situation, what you will do, you know? And I think just the nature of law enforcement in this country attracts people who already kind of know in their heart that they are a coward, that they're not the type to do that. And actually becoming a cop is compensation for that. You know, and I think that's a major problem and why we have so many of the issues that we have today with cops, especially when they're shooting people for no good reason, because ultimately These are the people who are afraid, and they're not only afraid in general terms, like for their lives, but they're afraid that they're cowards deep down inside, 
and I think a lot of them actually truly are. But we're going to have to finish this conversation. Yeah, I, I want to dig side, deeper into that because so I don't agree with you on this one. Okay, that's interesting. Good. We'll have that conversation on the other side. If you'd like to join us, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber, and we'll see you there.